0: get to go home I sold my Hello and welcome to Conversation to the I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast and speaking of music, that song that played me in is called On the Nose from the album Stars and that is by today's guest Ryan Polly. And all links to Ryan Polly are in the show notes. You could buy this album, you could buy this song. It's all there in the show notes. Ryan and I talk about this in the podcast. He's surprised that uh, I still buy <clears throat> MP3s and digital stuff, but I do. And I bought some of his stuff digitally. I like to support. I can't help myself. You support any way you can. Um, I also buy too many records, and it's becoming a problem. And I think I, I, I moved my addiction problems to records. I guess. The one thing about a record is no one's going to find me on the bathroom floor in my own vomit. So maybe that's a positive. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this is a great conversation. Ryan Polly is originally from Philly. He's a L.A. musician now. He was also in a band called the Los Angeles Police Department. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's a two-parter. The first hour is here on the free streaming app that you're listening to. But part two, which is another forty. 45 minutes of conversation Live solely on my Patreon As do often a lot of my part twos All my conversations tend to go long And uh, live on part two Or in their unedited form on my Patreon A lot of the I sometimes just put up the whole conversation unedited So there'll be a a lot of extra bonus stuff There's also blogs and whatnot on my Patreon You can go to themattdwyer.com Become a Patreon subscriber and listen to part two of this, or see videos of these conversations, I believe this video will be up in its entirety, too. So if you want to see Ryan's handsome face and my average face, please, become a Patreon subscriber. TheMathDewire.com Do it! Do it! Also, if you need a website, KellyRDewire.com She builds websites. She did my website. She does my favorite murders website. She does ologies. She does a lot of websites. Politicians and whatnot. Go to KellyRDewire.com Also, if you want some merch, go to TheMathDemire.com. Also, write a review for the show or just tell somebody you like it. I don't care, but I just appreciate your listening. It means a lot to me. It really, really does. Um, I've been trying to do a podcast consulting business. So if you want to start a podcast, I can help you. I can tell you how to do it. I help a lot of people in the world create ideas I've done so for Champ Kind, aka Todd Packer, aka David Keckner. I've worked with Rick Rubin. I've done some cool things. I can help you with your ideas. Um, I guess that's it. I've realized lately. I realized I'm just like other than this podcast, I have no socialization in my life. The other day, I jumped on a train to meet a friend for lunch in Chinatown, Los Angeles. A great place called the Little Jewel of New Orleans if you're in LA. They do Cajun New Orleans food and they do it fucking right. But uh I got anxious waiting for the train because I'm like, oh I'm gonna have to actually talk to somebody face to face. And I don't I, I don't I don't know. And I'm finding out that like I'm more anxious talking to people than ever. Not when I do it in the interviews. That I maybe that's because there's a buffer or something. It's a performance. I don't know, but like real life Chatty chat chat talk talk bullshit fucking really freaking me out. Did you need to hear this? I don't know, but you did. Ryan Polly is a great musician. I just want to say that. I love his album. I love his work. I love his songwriting. And I think you're going to love this conversation with Ryan Polly. Oh, before I forget, I didn't want to fight. To. Sorry, that was loud if you have headphones on. He did some work with um, Perpetual Doom. He put an album out with Perpetual Doom. And I think he's on some of the Perpetual Doom compilations. So please go to... I'm going to put that link in the show note, too. Perpetual Doom is one of my favorite labels. And I've had a lot of the artists on the podcast. Uh, like Austin Leonard Jones. Kyle Field has worked with them. Ryan Samball. Go to the Perpetual Doom band camp and check out some of their music. He, he, he's putting out some of my favorite artists. Now... And he did a thing with Ryan Polly. Now... Here's my conversation with Ryan Polly?
1: Oh, man. That concept is so foreign to me at this point. Like, the idea of, like, retiring or the idea of, like, having money at, at a certain point, like... It's just, it's just not, it's, I, I don't think it's in the cards for any creative pursuit or or it, that's that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the trade-off, I guess.
0: Isn't that, um, part of me is like, well, I can't, I could retire, but I've also just kind of had a lot of free time just with no money.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, being, being, being broke is, um, well, here's the thing is like, I think, I think, um, for me. The idea that I could cheat the system and just make art and um, and expect that uh, I'm going to be able to pay rent with it, is,
0: it seems it seems kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm laughing so from a I'm, place of total understanding and suffering.
1: Yes, and so
0: so if it if it if it gets
1: um, anywhere close to that, it's like I'm double-brained, right? It's like I, half half of the brain thinks no, like the system is broken. Capitalism is disgusting. We undervalue artists. We're stealing music. Not that I think music should be worth money because I don't believe in money, but because we're all playing that game, because we're all signed up whether we want to or not to play that game, then yes, I think artists should make more money. And so it's half of my brain is like, I don't think this is worth anything. I'm just having fun, and then half of it is like, no, this is a, this is just as worthy as you, you know, making pasta at a restaurant. So, so why do you, why does he get money and I don't? You know, that that kind of vibe. So it's just this nightmare of back and forth. That uh, yeah, I mean, my therapist should talk to your therapist.
0: <laughs> well, it's also they it should all have a retreat. Like I've had people on the podcast who their like album was funded by the canadian government because obviously they're canadian oh yeah and i'm just like
1: what the fuck yeah that's cool that's cool i'm into i'm into i'm into the idea of grants um like because you know i said i said to my buddy the other day or he said to me either way i could relate to him or he could relate to me i was like man I miss when we were on unemployment, man. I've never been more rich than when we did when we were unemployed. <laughs> we're on and now we're back. Now we're back to needing to get money through our jobs. That's not working out. So it would have been better if we were still on
0: the unemployment. And that was like, I was putting money back into the system. I was like spending. Like we were because my wife had income. I was getting the unemployment, and we were like. Making sure to go to the restaurants in our neighborhood oh, to 100%. we were like supporting the community. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean
1: it but but it's not like it's not like the government can be like, Oh, you were you were a good little boy and supported <laughs> the community. you know, like they're not gonna check that. So <laughs> for all they care you're out buying drugs and and supporting crime.
0: That's how they make everybody seem like that's any- how they
1: treat us. <laughs>
0: And like, it's infuriating too Because like And I'll be honest Like I've bucked a system I've like lied And like Gotten Same. food stamps All that shit I'll play fuck it Or I'll I worked for a guy Who would pay my wife So I could get this Like And I yep. And people are like You should be ashamed of yourself I'm like They fucking give all this money To the corporations Fuck you Like fuck you I'm gonna take what I can yeah. get
1: I was just saying to uh, My girlfriend Yesterday I was like You know like when we go to school and and, and uh, the last thing our, our like coach or our teachers or say <laughs> is like um like it's your life and then at that point we're like we're like oh okay cool then i then I'll fuck it up you know if it's me we're talking about then I'll fuck it up but if I owe a boss something or a teacher something and if you're gonna be mad at me then I'm gonna do hard hard work you know and like I was telling her I was like you You signed a document or a contract with a company to say from nine to five, most of my life, I am responsible for certain things for you. My life is devoted for you. I will sign this contract, handshake deal, and you will pay me a basic amount and I will devote most of my life, the only life I have to you to you're to making money for you. And still we beat ourselves up at the end of the day that we're not doing enough at our jobs for these other people to make money off of us, you know? And like, that's the, that's the deal we're all signing, you know, it's like, and I don't know, man, it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's why I would never be like, shame somebody for, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shame anybody who comes from money. I wouldn't shame anybody who has a job where you you're paid for your brain and not your time. Like, I think that's kind of rad. That concept of like, here's money, draw me something, you know, and and it's only going to take you an hour, but I like your art so much that I'm going to pay you for your brain, not your time or for your talent, not your time. And then, you know, I think I, I I wouldn't shame anybody who's part of the capitalist system and I, I wouldn't shame anybody who's not. Yeah. Anybody's lying to the IRS, I wouldn't shame <laughs> them. You know, like it's just it's all so fucked that like it's it's just the wild, wild west of it. You know, and that's why I'm glad we get to talk about art because it's like that's once you realize how fucked this side of things is, it kind of frees you up, to, like to laugh about it, like we're doing, and kind of get past it and and not bring that baggage into the art because it's so separate and so disjointed right now that it's, you know, there's not even a reason to link the two at, at this point. I mean, here's, here's, here's to hoping that there is a day in, in our future where we can be like, man, like there's so much money in music, but like, you know, but like it's fucked up or like, here's why it sucks. Or, you know, I'm excited about that. That's going to be fun. i cause I've never, I've never been in the industry where that's, I mean, I guess in pop music um, and in, in some lanes of hip hop, but it's been since, 2006 i would say since there's been money in like touring indie acts you know like actual you know like that pitchfork money like remember what like when (laughs) like vecatimus and flea foxes and vampire weekend like that they they were making a bunch of money at that time and arcade fire um and now i think the last remnants of that is like father john misty is like the last you know of that wave of like money being in indie uh black keys being in car commercials and now i think there's just no there's just no money in it so so that's in a sense that's um shitty but in in another sense that's kind of freeing does that make sense
0: yeah i was trying to like uh, because like i was talking to Uh, uh, One of my guests Was saying Like now A lot of the venues Are bought out By Live Nation It's like Is that Is that part of it Like because Like the small The small Venues are even owned By these big Monster fucks Corporations I'm like Mm -hmm. Is that even Causing for People to get Fucked more I
1: think that uh, It's funny I was talking to A manager Or an A&R You know Somebody in the industry And he was He was trying to tell me That he would you know, this wasn't his first rodeo. Like he was trying to tell me like, Hey, look, I've, I've been around for a while. And he was trying to tell me, he was like, look, I, I signed this band to this. I did this. And he was like, one time, dude, he was like, one time I took this band on like a national tour and we came back there. Like we came back like even like, we didn't even come back in the red. And I was like, that's, I can't believe I'm hearing this, but this is a brag right now that you came (laughs) back and didn't make any money from a tour like that's a six that's like, and this wasn't, this wasn't, this was like a manager that was, you know, he was, or an A&R that was, had been around. This wasn't somebody who was like DIY. This was somebody that's like, dude, we went to Europe and we came back and we, you know, broke even. And I just remember thinking like, wow. Like, so, so the idea of live nation taking money out of, um, out of touring and live music, I would imagine would affect more people at the top. Or more people like, um, I don't know. Because when I talk to bands that are touring, they're excited because they're playing their song live for people and they're getting out on the road, but they're not coming back with that much money. And then they have to figure out how to sublet or pay rent while they're gone. And, um, you know, it, it it doesn't seem to be like a job, if that makes sense. It doesn't seem like it, it was at one point, and and it is for some but the overwhelming majority of people that I know that go out and hit the road are not coming back. Like, oh, sick! Now I don't have to do anything in <laughs> a years because I have this money from touring. Like, that's just not. So the idea of Live Nation owning the venue might further fuck it, but it's already so fucked that you know I'm not sure that affects any. Any I, I'm not sure that affects anybody I know. Um, but maybe you have talked to people that were you know more personally affected by affected by that kind of change, but. And then what? What do you? It's not like you want to change ticket prices. But you just change the bar. You have to change the deals that these people are making with musicians, right? Because they're they're giving them like a couple hundred bucks to split as a band, Um, and then maybe a percentage of the bar. And then they're asking you to draw friends, but the friends have to pay like what twelve to twenty dollars to get in the door and then buy drinks, and then you're only walking home with a couple hundred bucks to split between you and your band. Like it's, it's just, and so I'm not saying we need pick, we need to price tickets at 50, $60. I just think that those bars need to, I don't know. We need to rethink the model, right? Because if you just set up a venue that's just for shows and there's no drinks there, you're not going to make, make enough money. Um, and these places need to make money. And I don't think they're making a ton of money that they're also not giving artists because Um, you know, a lot of these venues and businesses had to close down during the pandemic. Yeah. So, so I, I I think I just don't know enough, you know, I think it's it's hard because like, you know, like it's to be in this field as a music guy, I I am in no way do I feel like a representative of what it's like to be a musician. Do you know what I mean? Because it feels so vastly different and, and spread out that I can only really, really give you my experience yeah. because it's just like, it, it's, and people are very, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, um, smoke and mirrors too, where it's like, oh man, it's like, oh dude, you have that record deal. How did that go? And then it's like, oh man, like it did, it's oh, whatever, dude, <laughs> like it's, you know, I'm glad you like the music It's like great. Oh I saw you open for that Well, it's like Everybody's just like Yeah It's fine man Like I'm glad you like the music That's <laughs> always what it comes down to
0: <laughs> It's crazy Cause like if I read like I read a lot of like Memoirs and biographies and shit And you cool. like Hear what like dudes got paid for a weekend at a club in, like, the 50s and 60s, especially, like, comedians. Like, it's the same yeah. amount as today. Like, like Lenny Bruce was making, like, $20,000 a weekend, $50,000 a weekend, and I'm like, wait a minute. How did this... This is nineteen sixty. Like, where yeah. did this fucking turn happen? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a fascinating way to think about it. I think paying for entertainment... I don't know, man I don't know I mean, the I don't tickets know. couldn't I don't have been $50 I, back in
0: 1960 There's no way people- I know, I'm not sure I, I do know that
1: Like, it's, it's very easy to see The, like, CD money The record label money Selling CDs And then all of a sudden Fuck Napster LimeWire Kazaa uh, Spotify Like, it's easy to see that pathway Of, like, where the money stopped there Because it was just a CD That cost $20 and then all of a sudden it was a file on your computer <laughs> that you would convert the CD to anyway.
0: That way you didn't have to pay anything. Do you really... Do you're you, just like... Do you think that Napster... Like, I, they always say, like, Napster hurts it, but I know, like, I would steal stuff on Napster, but it was because mm-hmm. I don't want to buy anything. That was the only thing I was like, I don't want to buy this without hearing it and get sure. fucked, and you don't want to drop 20 bucks on bullshit.
1: Well, but the beginning of <laughs> Napster was... <laughs> I want to listen to it Before I buy it So I'm going to download This song It's going to take a week <laughs> going to download And then it's going to be The wrong song
0: <laughs> I did have that happen But I still bought As much music I mean I always I still buy music Like <clears throat> Do hey, you? What do you What do you buy? Do you buy um, Like vinyl? I buy both It, de- it depends It honestly depends uh, But I'll buy you buy digital files? I'll buy digital files On Bandcamp uh-huh. That's cool, because huh? I want to support That's that's a big, Where do you put them? Up just, my ass You just buy them And then delete them? <laughs> well I'll just I, Quite honestly Like I'll put the Files I'll, If I'll download the files And I'll pull them on a hard drive And then I'll stream it Still Because I feel like That still some way Gives mm-hmm. an ar- artist The money Granted it's 0.003 cents a stream But <laughs> That's yeah
1: No and I think That's really Really lovely to hear I just don't I'm, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't do it. I, I'll buy vinyl at shows to support. And then it sits on my shelf. I have a record collection that I listen to mostly old vinyl when we're eating dinner and stuff. You know, I like having records. Um, but it's not buying an old record is cool for me because it's like, Oh, this is what came out. Like, this is like, this is, Oh, this is that Zeppelin album that you could have bought this at the store. You know, it's like an artifact. Whereas the new new vinyl kind of is getting to feel a little bit more like imitation to me, and so I don't I don't really need it. it's like buying a Criterion DVD. I don't really need it. Um, <laughs> and then and then and then fuck, dude. I mean, look, Spotify is so awesome. I, I mean, not for bands, but for the consumer. I listen to anything I want for free whenever I want to. That was the dream. And then, that's amazing. But at the same time, that's where mu- that's, it's not Napster. It's just digital. Because as soon as we figured out that we'd be listening on digital, how do, you, how do you monetize that? I mean, Hollywood figured it out because there's a lot to protect there. But the music industry just, we still don't have an answer. You know, Netflix can distribute that subscription money and their production budget correctly, to hopefully, I don't know if I'm not in Hollywood, to the talent and to the crew of those productions on various levels. In the, the Netflix is the smallest indie label to the biggest major for films, and for music, everybody gets the same three point three cents or whatever, right? <laughs> and it just doesn't seem like it's 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 not. Spotify is not Netflix. Spotify is not supporting and hiring talent to bring in you know it's a different it's a different thing
0: i I, I can't put my movie up on Netflix yeah true. but I know Netflix like fucks you like where actors used to make residuals and stuff I think that I I, I think that still the ex- digital landscape obviously still fucked Hollywood and that's why you had all those traumajiian directors being
1: like go to theaters like because at the end of the day it's like that's where they're making their money. And like, that's where we were making our money was out of the digital landscape. And now we just need some genius to figure out how do you insert digital or just value in general back into the art form? And how, how do you make something that everybody's been used to being free for the past 10 years cost something again? How do we support artists, Um, because everybody, nobody's, if I'm like, Hey, person on the street, like, do you want people, musicians to be able to survive and make their music? Like, do you value musicians? They'd be like, yes, of course. Like most people would be like, yes, of course we all love music. But then it's like, okay, well, would you like to personally leave Spotify and pay $20 for every CD you want to buy? And you know, I, I think my opinion would even change, you know, because we're so used to this system of of just everything in our fingertips. Oh, have you heard this Exotica record from 71? I'll send me a link. Cool, now I have. And I can always go back to it. It's always there. And that family, that estate, that person is not getting anything from from that experience, from from me listening to it. Um And I don't know. I don't have anything to push forth as a solve. Um, I just know that like (laughs) the idea of some kid coming up to me and being like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a career out of this. I don't know, man. I'd be like, that's not why that is not wise do it as a hobby, do it as a hobby, but do it in that way that like, you know, don't be, don't give up. Don't, 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 don't be defeatist about it, but be a hobbyist the way that some hobbyists like have 40,000 model planes. And someone would go to your house and be like, dude, is this a hobby or an obsession? <laughs> That's the type of hobbyist you need to be as an artist. You know, it's not going to be a career, but be, get, a, get, be weird with your hobby. And, put all your time into it but expect to be broke from it like a hobbyist would with model trains like they're not putting all that money into paints and supplies into you know it, it's just that they love it so much that they want to see the the train look good you know and that's those are the people that are left I feel like in our landscape they're the, they're the hobbyists who work at coffee shops or you know, and, and, they, and you can, and you can, and you can probably get some people who are fucking bummed about that. And then some people are like, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. The energy spending, getting bummed. Like I'd rather just make music and I'm <laughs> getting bummed about, it. we're not getting paid to get, make music. Like fuck, dude. have somebody, somebody else will figure it out. They will. It has to come back around. Right. Because the thing is right now it would only work if, the Taylor Swift's of the world all got together and said, no, you know, but the problem is within this, this, the way that we're valuing artists right now, there will not be any more Taylor Swift's or like, we're going to get less and less Mac Demarco, less Cayman Paulas. I mean, you even see the Tame Paula and Mac Demarco Marco kind of ducked out. I mean, they'll probably make more records, but they're probably not participating in the industry for a reason. You know, it's like, they probably have made way more money through other channels of just being themselves, not through the, through the record industry or the touring industry, probably through sponsorship deals through, you know what I mean? Like through th- that kind of, th- that kind of money. Cause it, cause it, cause at the end of the day, the music industry right now is fucked and somebody else Somebody, not a musician Maybe it'll be a musician But it, it won't be me <laughs> <laughs> Here's how, how to fix it
0: <laughs> What was, was this any of the landscape When you wanted to get into music Or, wor- or not wanted, because you clearly did But like,
1: what was No man, it was, no, we moved to LA And How old were you like, when we moved to LA? Like 21, 22 and, 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 and like local natives Was like the big band, right? then do you remember that record? Yeah. Gorilla Manor. So sick. Like all these harmonies and like chamber pop and blogo tech and pitchfork. Like that was the landscape, all these blogs. And we were like, dude, like, Oh, and they were, they were making, it looked, it looked like they were making money. I don't know if they were, but it looked <laughs> like these bands like vampire weekend, you know, these, these white boy college rock indie bands that appealed to me as a white boy college kid at the time who also grew up, you know, playing classical piano and singing harmonies. I was like, Oh dude, like this is great. There's a career in this." And so I came out to LA to have a career in music. Um, and now I think it mu- I don't know if I was just naive or if back then there was more of a landscape, there was more of a, you know, it, it seemed more like a good idea than it does.
0: But also, out. like, as an artist, you're hopeful. Like, no matter how people would say, I'm cynical or blah, 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 or anybody, you're, as an artist, inevitably, you're a hopeful individual and you hope for the best of what you're pursuing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that just always was a split between. You know, defining success, being hopeful that the project would connect, being hopeful that it would sound good, being hopeful that we'd be proud of it, and then being hopeful that it would provide a way for us to parent. Um, And then just, you know, it's always both, but um, more stock gets put into the first of, you know, because you watch something become commercially successful within the context of whatever that fucking means in my, in my small indie LA mind. And, and you don't see that, you don't see that move the dial that much, you know? So you, so you're like, okay, that could happen to anybody that, that whole commercial thing. So, so let's put more stock in what it sounds like. And if people are going to connect with it and the live show and how we feel, and, you know, that's great. That's great. Like nobody, nobody comes into this space and like, all right, like, there's money to be made. Like how, what, what should we make today? Like, what should we, you know, like, what, like, let's try to make this. Cause this is in, you know, it's just, it's just, there's, it just never even comes up because there's, because nobody's thinking about that right now. Yeah. People, people are thinking about how to survive and how to eat and how to pay rent. I mean, survive is a tough word because I think, you know, everybody's figuring it out. I don't think anybody's being a music person right now being like, how do I make this work? Like I, I just quit. I, I I left college. I'm going to be a musician now and pay rent. So I'm going to pay rent with my songs and my shows. Like I don't think anybody thinks that that's possible. So everybody, everybody, kids now know that they're going to have to like move to LA, do all that and have a job.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking what you're saying that, because it was like, I've redefined what success means to me over the years, which I think was realistic because I think a lot of what we are sold as success is a fucking load of bullshit. But I'm also like, how much of that does people redefining what success is is also due to the environment of where we're seeing capitalism isn't really fucking working in our favor. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: and so you're forced. And so you're forced to change success. So de- I mean, yeah. I hear you, man. I think, I think, um,
0: I resent when somebody asks me what I make, like, what do you make from the podcast? You make money doing that? And it's like, I never started anything creative in my life because I was like money, not the first thought.
1: No. And I, and I do think that most projects, even when there was a lot of money in the industry, like, uh, Right, because there's always money in Hollywood, and there's and there's always great movies. There was money. There's a lot of money. Everybody talks about the '90s in L.A. People are like, "Oh man, like this isn't the '90s, dude." Like, there's no industry, you know. Like everybody's like, "This isn't the '90s. There's no CD sales. There's no big major label deal to rock and roll musicians. No Weezer. There's no you know Blink and um, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, and." I think that at that time, even though there was more money there, I don't think those artists were, 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 were changing their tune. you know, like there was, there was money. So there was more commercial art. There was more people maybe making music that they hoped would get them money. But I think that there were just as many artists that were just still wanted to write a song about like the death of their friend. Right. And then they they can't be like, okay, well if I sing it this way, maybe I'll get more money from it. Right. Like (laughs) art is always going to be, whether there's money in it or not, There's always going to be this pure thing, which is so great. And um, that's why we love it. It's like, and, and so to that extent, I would argue, let's pump more money into it because I don't think as a social experiment that'll fuck up the quality of the art. If anything, it'll just make it so that, if you're not from money at all, like if your parents don't have money and you move to LA and you're like, I need to, like, I can't have any help with rent. I don't have any like friends to help me out. Like I'm on my own. Um, and I want to be a music person. Let's do this. Like that's going to be so, so difficult. And I would imagine that a lot of those people don't make it because they realize, Oh, that's not any pretense. Or preconception of of a music industry that that rewards good art with good money it is out the window. I think as soon as you realize what it is, what, however you realize that, and then um, I think a lot of people fall off the edges because they can't they can't afford to. I mean, like I know a lot of people who you know, we're, we're still trying to pay rent, but we know we have a community, we have friends, we have couches to sleep on. We have people that won't let us fail, you know, won't let us not have money. Like, you know, if I, if I needed it, I could find somebody to help me pay rent, you know? And I think a lot of people don't have that. And how the fuck are they supposed to play their guitar for a living? Like That's just not, so, so that's what I mean. So I would hope that if we, let's say Elon Musk decide to pump, millions and millions of dollars into the indie rock (laughs) industry for some reason, I don't think, I think we would benefit from it. I think you would get better. I think you would get more art. I think you would get more people who felt comfortable because I don't, I don't mean I want more millionaires in indie rock. I just mean, I want more like $50,000 a year salary for people who want to, record and make music or and play shows and how do we hit that and how do we give our next generation that as an option we can say you can work at a restaurant you can work at a, you can work here you can work here and this is how much you'll get you know like this is the bracket like or you can do music and it won't be that much but this is what you'll get instead of like or you can do music and it, and you'll and like it's so fucked like who knows you'll probably end up a drug addict like you know like or an alcoholic within a year you know it's like it, we should we should gift our our kids with that option and and set up a structure not where it's like you'll either be nothing or a millionaire it's like no that it's a little bit more stability and i find that most people who wanna um make music instead of expecting anything near a $50,000 a year salary. I think they end up having to pay around $20,000 a year, um, for their art. And that can be music video. That can be, you know, unpaid time that can be, uh, recording, producing anything, you know, Uh, even tour, like I said, people coming back in the red. So how do we, how do we shift that where it's, you know, it's not much, like maybe even minimum wage or, you know, a little bit higher. But we we take care of people who want to spend their time creating things for us because at the end of the day, all we can do is talk to our therapist and laugh about how fucked capitalism is no matter what industry you're, you're in. So I think we can all admit that we should at least all value humans, no matter what their pursuit and not like throw the artists are like thrown into this like gladiatorial ring where we're like, okay, like you're, you're a fuck up loser until you prove to all of us that you're a professional musician and there's no like in between, you know? And so I don't know. I, I think, I think there's hope, you know, there's definitely hope. There's a lot of love in, and, and, um, support going on that i can see in this community in 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 that but from what i can see there's a digital community obviously increasingly so because of covid and i think that's us too right like that's how we know each other is the internet and that's become a way to set examples of supporting community and connect with each other and figure out how to support community and, and be on each other's side and be each other's friend and i think that's happening more and more in real time out here too think just, I'm just watching just people be like, oh, like you're out here too. Like, oh, you make music cool. Like I'll come to a show without it being competitive, without it being, um, like there's anything we're after. Um, and it not being this like defeated, like, ah, oh, fuck, like we're all fucked type of attitude either. It seems, seems relatively healthy in the way that in actuality, we are all fucked. And I give everybody so much credit for, for, for getting through that and continuing to move on out here and make, and make songs like at the end of the day, like when we're handed this whole world and how messed up it's been, um, for them, to, for people to be brave enough to be like, you know what? Fuck man, I'm going to record a song today and I don't expect anything out of it. And I'm going to put it out and and we'll see. And, you know, I just give those. I give everybody a lot of credit there. Who's 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 able to do that and like sort their brain out and be able to focus on something like that right now. Um, and it's you know I've been doing a lot of producing, so while I'm doing some writing, it's it's been helpful to uh, you know to be creative without having to create in a sense. You know, be the be the be the soul. Like like I'm going to write this song about something. You know, it's like it's intense, man. So. So it's it's been cool to be like, oh, you have this song that's like th- that's like really heavy and it's your thing, and I get to come in and kind of um, shape it with you and help you with it. Um, so that's been really cool recently to to be working on albums with and for other people, you know. And a lot of them haven't come out yet, most of them. So the next couple of years, I think it's gonna be cool. Our next conversation, maybe you'll have heard some records that I've produced, you know, other than just
0: my own. Albums Which is cool Who who have you been producing Can you say Or do you not talk
1: Well They're most A lot of them are debut
0: albums Oh that's cool
1: Um So it would be like You know People googling stuff And nothing coming up Quite yet Um But Stylistically It's gone It's hopped around From like Singer songwriter projects To punk projects To um I did one record That's like kind of a Folk slash Doom metal type of vibe. Um, another record that's like kind of like a man, like kind of like a Springsteen specter wall of sound kind of like ask uh, us rock record that we did. And, um, the one that is out right now is the soul record, um, by a guy named Teddy Grossman who I grew up with. Um, and, man, I love that record so much. It just came out very recently. And, um, it's rad. It's like, we grew up together and both have certain folk, like, like we both love the band and Neil Young. And we also both love like Otis Redding and Sam cook. Um, and that's kind of the meeting place or for Teddy's music, like in, in his songwriting. So the fact that I spoke that language and like, was very excited to make like a vintage soul tapey record um, in the vein of, like, you know, Wilson Pickett or, like, the Otis um, really spoke to him as far as, like, how he wanted to package his material because I think it could have been, like, a pop record or it could have been a rock record. Um, so we kind of towed the line between, like, soul and folk. Um, and I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. And he's just a showstopper in terms of a singer. Like, he's um, a, a pop singer in the sense that he'll do, like, runs and stuff, like, live. That people be like, woo, you know, that that doesn't happen with me. I'm like, uh, da da, you know, and and people wouldn't be like, wow, like look at him sing that, you know. But <laughs> that he has moments where you know, it's, it's a different thing. It's. <laughs> It's a different thing, but yeah. So, um, so that's one thing that listeners could check out is Teddy Grossman. That's that's everywhere you can listen to music. Anywhere you can steal music, <laughs> you can find you can find Teddy
0: Grossman. What drew you to moving to California? Because I know you grew up in Philly. Did you grow up in Philly proper?
1: Uh, no, uh, always a suburbs kid. So, right, always like right next to the city. So, lived outside of New York in North Jersey. Um, and then outside of Philly In Bryn Maw um, And then went to School in Maine And then Went to California
0: um, Cause I know you like a lot of like California artists and I was wondering if that's What Like that was kind of the draw to moving to LA Oh you mean like blank A2 and I meant <laughs> I was going more Brian Wilson, Jackson Brown. Uh, yeah. um, but those guys, yeah, too. I
1: mean, I, I honestly, hard to heart. I had a friend that I grew up with, was in bands with that was gonna, that wanted to go. So it was that kind of like, Oh, he's going like, should I go? And like, he was like down to, we had had kind of a falling out, a little bit in college. We were at different colleges, but then started reconnecting over this album that I was writing. Um, and then that kind of allowed us to collaborate again through that record. And then from there it was like, I'm being a band again with you. Like, you want to do this again? And it was like, yeah, it's like, well, should we go to LA? Like he wanted to kind of do some screenwriting anyway. So had multiple eggs in different Easter baskets. And, um, I, I just wanted to, you know, go out and be in a band. And, um, we, he had another friend that wanted to be in the band. And so we got like a, kind of like a glorified frat house plus to, but it was like more, it was like the artsy frat house where it was like, smelled like beer all the time, but we'd have shows and everybody in the house like did art and stuff. And it was a shitty house. Um, but it was cheap on the cheaper side. And I just worked retail and um, was in a band and on the su- was just writing so much at that time. I mean, just, just was so in love with the, the craft of, it doesn't fucking, that song's a song. Like, let's just, let's go. Like, today's a song, tomorrow's another fucking song. Let's go. And was just cutting track um, in my bedroom. Um, demos for the band. And then, um, was just writing too much for the band to be like, Whoa, like, you know, like what are we going to do with all these fucking demos? So I was, I just was kind of like, you know, made the decision at that point. I was like, you know what, man, like let's get rid of this dirty word demo. You know, this is just a recording. It's not a demo, the recording. And like, you guys have judgments on it, but I'm going to release these as the record. And I thought this was some big new concept. Um, and then realized as soon as I released the album that there was actually this huge community of lo fi musicians and lo fi artists that were doing well, it's this it's it's half it's half on purpose and cool and then half just your circumstance. But they were all just they're all just poor kids who like were recording with their computer mic or like on their phone or like with a tape machine and I was recording with a really crappy, it was just, it was like, if you have a crappy setup, but write good songs and spend a lot of time on it, you're a lo-fi artist. But I didn't know there was a community for that. So, and it was in Vogue at the time too. Like, you know, and it's always, there's always been, you know, there's a poster for Nebraska behind me. Lo-fi has always been a thing. But when I was releasing music, I did I didn't really know much about it. I was just making what I thought were demos. And then I put that stuff out in it and it was, it was received warmly. Um, And that was, that's kind of where this whole producing thing started was like, Oh, people liked what I recorded like, and other people didn't. So that was, that was the cool thing for me was like showing most of my community and friends and then being like, cool demos. Like, when are you going to record them for real? And then, you know, getting, putting the, putting the album out anyway And then having people not mention the word demo, you know, people receiving it as it's, as listening to it, saying, this is its intention. This is the, this is it in its form. Um, Whereas if you showed it and didn't put it out as an album out, you know, you're framing it to your audience differently. You're saying, yo, check this out. And then someone's like, cool, is this a demo or cool. What are you going to record it for real or cool? It could use this. But when you, when you're like, Hey, this is my thing then they then they have to accept it for what it is and people people liked it and so that just opened me up to um you know the band dissolved and this side project thing which was more punk at the time um it just kind of was my outlet then for from then on and would bring people in um in a collaborative fashion but it was you know, the, the play pen that was set up wasn't going to be a band. It wasn't going to be like this. It's, you know, in a band you have this like meeting where it's like, Oh dude, like I hear the elements, man. Like I hear the elements of the different players, but it's like, it is only its thing when you guys come together, you know, like it wasn't going to be that it was going to be, it was going to sound like me. It was going to sound like Ryan wrote the song and you know, you're going to play in Ryan's band. And, um, and it was a struggle trying to treat my band like a band, where everybody cared about it as the same as much as me, but needed to learn pretty quickly. Like, you know, it's my project and, and that's helpful. It's like nobody's going to care about it. Like I am, and nobody's going to push it forward. Like I am, and I'm not going to wait around for anybody else to do anything for it. If I want something to be done for it. I got to do it. So it, it it just kind of reframed that kind of music thing of like waiting for somebody to give me something or validate me to just kind of like, yeah, that shifted perspective of like, this is my, my thing now My little garden You know And like That's all it is My little garden
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it Were you glad that's to it. sort of Shed being a part of a band And having At the I... time I was
1: I mean I was really insecure And Really just You know We're in this system Where it's like We we need that we We so crave that That validation Because that's how we're raised. Like parents and teachers and coaches, good job, good job. That's our barometer for knowing when we're doing okay. There's other people telling us that. And so when we're released into the world, especially as artists, we're so desperately craving just someone to tell us that we did good. But with art and young artists, it's pretty like, you know, standoffish and, cool and it's hard to it's hard to feel that love and and and, um acceptance and support um even in a band like you don't know what's going on and nobody's you're not getting anything with it so you're trying really hard but it's not going anywhere everybody's kind of like oh man you you kind of wrote more of that song or Uh, why do you always want to sing those parts? I don't know, man. It was just, it was, I was too young and insecure at the time to be into being in a band. And so it was good for me to leave it and focus on myself, but I'm craving being in a band again. Now that I'm like an adult adult person. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I have settled into myself where I could actually contribute to a pure collaboration and not bring my ego into it. Like I have so much practice now with my producing, um, where it's like cool that I have my project because I can dump all my ego shit. And like, this is how I would do it. Like, this is what I would do. That, that could be my project. And then the producing is, this is what they would do. Let me try to get them. there. Like, Oh, you want that sound? Let me try to get it for you. Like, here's what I would do. Do you want that? Like, it's more about them. And then a band, I think it's like, if you can do it, it's kind of like you let go of all of it and just kind of see what happens, you know? And I don't know. I think I'd be happy to be a part of, I would still want to be part of the writing and still want to be like contributing to the, the thing. But I don't think, I don't think I have the ego anymore where it's like, I would want to be the front man, you know? Cause, cause I, cause I have that. If I didn't have that, I think it would be too complicated for me to want to be in a band because I think I'd want it to be my band. You know, and that's just me being honest with myself because I'm, because I'm so driven to make music that I need an outlet for my songs. So I think if I didn't have my project, I think that's probably why it was so complicated for me to be like, let's start a band. But like, I want the validation and to write songs so much that that's going to get in the way of us actually being a good band together, you know? So now I think I'm finally at the point where it's like, no, I, I just want to, I, I think it'd be cool to be part of something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's inter- it, it, It's interesting that insecurity when you're in your 20s trying to create and not being like, I don't know, like now I'm just sort of like, yeah, okay, fuck you. I'll, I'm just going to do this thing. <laughs> it's like, I don't really yeah. need v- as much validation. I'd like somebody to help me pay my fucking bills. Agreed. Do you, do you, are you making the plans to put together a band or is that just something you're in your in your in the brain. Interesting. Um,
1: so two nights ago, my buddy Greg and my buddy Kelly came over, and Greg is somebody who he's just like what like I I could bring. Like he's just such a pure artist. Like when you have him in the room, and he's just like he just makes things so naturally, and he's just this like he's like you know some people talk about artists as like conduits. Like, he kind of feels that way. Like, he's just, like, vibrating. Like, stuff's just coming through him non-stop, which is really cool. Um And he likes really weird music, and, he, and he's not afraid of distortion pedals, which I'm just kind of... Since I'm producing so much, and since my stuff is very, like, clean rock stuff, I'm just, like, craving something gross-sounding. And, like, I'm craving reverb and distortion and, like, heavy stuff, you know? And, like, fun. Like, I'm just kind of... I don't know. I'm uh, the Neil Young thing was so fun for the past five years, but I'm kind of over it. And I just, I, I you know, I don't want to see any like first name, last name people on a flyer anymore. Like, you know, have tight, touchy drummers. Like I, I get it. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just craving being in a band where it's like, whoa, like, whoa, energy, you know? And so, um, so the guys came over the other day and we did that kind of shit. Like I was on a synth. I was on like my art odyssey, and Greg was playing crazy guitar and telly was just like playing like kraut rock beats. Um, and so we recorded it too, and It was, it's cool. It's cool. So we're, we're, we're thinking about just like getting together, you know, more and, and recording and seeing what happens and, and, you know, potentially just making an EP for our friends. Cause, cause I think that's cool. The idea of like, Oh dude, let's do an experiment. Like not in a band, but like, let's do an experiment, like not judge it. Ryan has a recording studio Let's just see what happens to play and see what happens and not be too precious about it. Um, and then like, you know, that's cause that's been the vibe of the solo project out here. Like everybody wants to make their record and they want it to be very cared for and very intentional and have a lot of session players on it and have it sound very musical and have it very, be very good, you know? And like, that's, that's the bar out here right now. It's like, if you're a young artist and you want to make a record, like one, those, that's kind of like what people are looking for is a record that sounds good, that is played well, you know, like this low, I mean, but I'm getting older, you know? So maybe there are kids who are still making fucked up weirdo shit in rock right now, but I don't hear about them. I don't know if you do, but at least, you know, kids in their twenties and thirties that I'm seeing that's kind of the bar. And I kind of want to start a band that's like the antithesis to that. Like I want to make something challenging, something, I don't know. Let's go back. Let's go back like 10 years to like, I don't know. OCs and Ty Siegel and Castleface and Mosh Pits. And um, yeah. Right. It's, it's I know it's cyclical, but it's about goddamn time. Right. I don't know. Where are you at? What have you been listening to? I'm just kind of, I just, I, I get it. I love, I will listen to Tapestry and Crosby, Stills and Nash and the band and the Beatles all day long. Don't get me wrong. My favorite that's my Spotify Discover, it's all fucking early 70s bullshit. I'm just saying it feels I feel tugged culturally and personally to rebel against it now. It I think feels...
0: I'm on board with that. I always go back to I like I like a little sloppy, I like a little dirty. Like I've been listening to a lot of Mark Sultan. Lately Who is that He's from I I would say His most famous Incarnation is with King Khan And Barbecue Show Oh cool So Mark in okay, cool. Is Barbecue I just interviewed him too But I like that Like sure. Very raw Just like I'm fucking recording this And This is This is yeah. this And I always go back Even if it's old music Like old blues Like it's just that Sort of raw This is just fucking it And there's more of a Emotional I don't know Guttural Raw sense that just attracts me That grabs me And I am always go back to that I love it all too Like I love your album I love And I'll listen to a lot of jazz And I listen to everything But that's I always seem to always go back To that sort of stuff More than anything yeah. And like I was like yeah. Garage and even You know Sonics all that stuff Like I always am just like yeah. That sound I'm just like Oh Like it just grabs me For some reason I think I think it's about to Hit again it, sh- I, like, it, I like. I, I
1: think Dive is about to sell out shows again
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you're saying about like that precious drummer and like the whole that sound and I'm like I didn't actually make that connection that I was like oh yeah that is happening right now and it's like a lot of the people I've had on I'm like oh yeah I guess that is sort of and it is there's also a very clean, like very produced 70s feel to a lot of Stuff. Yeah and I think I think you know what it is what what I've benefited from is
1: like yes we've gotten obsessed with that sound but I think what we're overlooking because if I'm being honest out of the past decade I don't think there I've ever been more excited about modern music in the in the past within the past decade like I think when I was in in like the early 2000s I was young enough to be excited every single year about a variety of things animal core fucking, you know, MGMT, Dan Beacon, you know, it was just, there was just so much shit that I was loving at the time. But since then, I don't think, I'm so excited about modern music right now. I feel like rock and roll is back, which is really sick. And I think this turned into the seventies, dry, tight, clean, um, that's been going on in the past five years, you know, Morby, Mac, just like everybody kind of, I think it's been a focus on the song. Um, because all these artists, carol King, James Taylor, Janis Joplin, Joni Mitchell, well, I guess Janis is not the best example, but like they were, they were songwriters, you know, and, they, and it, it was very much like the guitar is going to sound like a guitar, whether it's on Jackie Brown's album or James Taylor's album, it's going to sound like a guitar. It's just, they're going to be different songs. And that's the focus. It's presented in this folk rock tradition where you're going to hear piano, you're going to hear acoustic guitars, you're going to hear electric guitars, you're going to hear drums and bass. But the singer is going to change and the production is going to change ever so slightly. And the drumming is going to change ever so slightly, but really it's about the song. So pay attention. And I think music is better now than it was in the rock, in rock because we've become obsessed with these songwriters, with, do you like Paul or John or no, actually like George, like what is it about it? It's not what they look like. It's it's their songwriting voice that you, that you come to connect with. And that's what people like about certain Beatles is is how they sing, how they talk through music, how they write songs. And I think now once we get back to fucked up sounding shit, it's going to be like Kurt gonna be like Kurt Cobain who's you know top 20 was mostly like fucking song you know what I mean and that's why I think you know in the 90s loud fucked up music was so good was because kids grew up on the 70s music and now I think you know the fact that Claro just released an album that's basically like her love letter to Joni Mitchell like it's going to have a bunch of kids, and the, the Beatles get back documentary and kids who fell in love with Matt DeMarco and then through him were introduced to Jonathan Richmond and then through the modern lovers were introduced to Velvet Underground. And, you know, it's just this generation of kids being introduced to better music that are then going to rebel against the sonics of it, make grosser sounding stuff. But I think the, song, the songwriting is going to be better, which is sick.
0: That's really interesting. And I agree. Like a, a lot of the stuff I like might be loud and like even like Mark Sultan, it's like it's raw and sloppy or whatever, but it's like there is songwriting underneath it all. And I feel like that's what makes it extra special. Like even like early Nirvana, I guess it all kind of was early Nirvana. <laughs> It really wasn't a late period Nirvana.
1: <laughs> I like that. I, I listen to
0: middle middle period Nirvana. <laughs> the middle years. But I mean, like there was songwriting underneath that loud shit. Certainly. Or even like when people hate Tom Waits, I'm like, Yeah, I get why you would hate Tom Waits, but also there's songwriting under Tom Waits. Like it's not just fucking noise and bullshit. He's a good songwriter. Oh, man, is he a good songwriter. It's weird. And that's,
1: that's, that's Tom Waits is a great example of, um, you know, when I say loud guitars and reverb, sonically, that's something that I think, you know, adds juxtaposition to pretty and clear songwriting. And that's Tom Waits too, right? It's like his distortion pedal is his voice. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like it's it's just as punk. It's but the lead vocal is distorted through his instrument and his weird ass brain.
0: Yeah. Um, so and it's can, punk music, but it's it's so good, man. And it's he. Could, it's like weird because his voice is not limiting. It's like he can do a lot with it. It's just quite untraditional to what I think we're used to, <laughs> right? Certainly. 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 Was what was your because you we keep you keep mentioning punk, and I'm curious because if you listen to your most recent album, it would be hard to be like, oh, there's a guy who was super into uh-huh. punk. Uh huh. And I'm just curious about what your punk punk influences were and in the whatever the punk eras of your music were. Sure. Yeah, I found that like. I think
1: that I have fallen in love with this tradition of songwriting and storytelling. That's like very like love story centric, very like, um, folk tradition that, that made that seemed to dial in to this concept of me making a record that felt very me, but that's still like identity shaping, but it's the Ryan Pauly records have become so far, or at least the past couple, this kind of experiment or this exercise in, um, making a Ryan Polly record, like making a record that feels like you're hanging out with the guy on the cover. And, you know, it's like very me, it's very like, dressed in my favorite colors and my favorite patterns and my favorite instruments and my favorite genre and that kind of thing um, and punk hasn't really fit in in a while to connect with the type of songwriting that I this type of songwriting that I wanted to do as Ryan Paul right um, and so that has allowed for me to dump but I grew up on I mean I grew up on pop punk more so than punk like you know bought a guitar because of Blink and NoFX and um, uh, the Ataris and MXPX and all these bands Um, but they were singing songs Uh, but they were singing songs about like high school and shit you know and I was in high school so it was it was perfect it was like loud there was energy they skateboarded. They sang songs. You know, because like bad religion was a little scary. Like that was a little, you know, a little much. Like the the, the like give them the boot comp was a little much. The punkorama comp could be a little much. Warped tour comp could be a little much. Like then Atticus Dragon Lake. Okay, here we go. Like we're warming up into this like more sing songy, kid friendly punk music. So. Grew up on that shit. Started a band because of that stuff. Started writing songs about girls and you know school, and it and it worked with that tradition, right? Pop punk. But once I wanted to write songs about more adult themes, and and had fallen in love with rock and roll and this wider sense of things. Punk kind of got dropped.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode with conversations with Dwyer with uh, Ryan Polly. Please go check out the part two on. My Patreon, com. Go to there. Join my Patreon. Become a subscriber of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Buy some merch. Thank you, thank you, thank you.